This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening, welcome. It's seven o'clock, a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, it's Leicester Fun TV. My name is Phil. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, wherever in the world you're watching us from, are you a far flung fox? Are you in Syston, Wigston, Sydney, Bahamas, wherever you are? Get your comments in as ever. I can get them on. We are joined very, very shortly by the one and only Ian Hume. You're going to hear a lot of that tonight. But uh, get your questions in, get your comments in. This is your fan show, your views, your questions. No holds barred. Get them in. Yes, good evening. Welcome to everybody. As ever, I can get your comments on screen live. Ross, hopefully be joining us later. Puts in a big hume at the start. I told you there's going to be a lot of this. Uh, Carlos, good evening. Where are you watching from, Carlos, today? Hope you're well. Sean is watching. Sean Sarson, good to have you here as well as ever. Nikursa is watching. How are you? And um, so is somebody on Facebook. If you're on the Facebook user group, I can't see your names tonight, but please do keep getting your comments in. Let's bring Jamie in from the Fox's arm straight away to tell us a little bit more about Ian Hume. Good evening, Jamie. Evening. Evening. How the devil are we? Are we good? Really good. How are you, Jamie? Keeping safe? I'm good. Trying to. Trying to. But just fed up of it now. Just want to start back work as soon as possible. But that's another conversation well, we can have another time. We can keep people entertained tonight. Talk us through Ian Hume. Right. Yes. As you say, tonight we've got Ian Hume. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, <laughs> we signed him from Tranmere in August of 05. Craig Levine bought him. Uh, 500 million, which rides to five, the quarter, whoa, whoa. Uh, five, Sorry, 500,000. Sorry. sorry, 500,000. 500,000, which rise, raised to three quarters of a million. Um, he was player of the year in 2007. He was leading scorer in all his three seasons here. He had he played 132 games, scored 32, uh, 34 goals. And for what I remember of him, it was a bit of a pest on the pitch. He liked, liked putting it about a bit. And it was a bit of a terror on there. So I think we ought to bring him on and start asking him some questions. 
Let's bring him on. I'm also going to bring Lee Chapman on as well, one of the regular guys. He's going to be reading out as many questions from the fans as possible. So here is Ian Hume. Hi, Ian. You're going to get sick of that. Hey, 500 million you spent on me. You're well and truly got ripped. <laughs> Did, yeah. Did you get a nice cut of that, Ian, that 500 million? <laughs> not, a, not a bloody penny. <laughs> That was the Scottish manager. He kept it in his pocket. Look at me, because it's bonus, yeah. his lad. There's a shock. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talking, start with you, Jamie. Yeah, talking of Scottish managers, I'm, I'm blown away by the mistake. 500 million, I can't believe that now. Um, <laughs> talking, how did Craig Levine persuade you to come to Leicester from Tranmere? Um, didn't really take much persuading, to be honest. Um, I just had a really good season with Tranmere. Um, just missing out in the playoffs and when the next season started, we'd signed Chris Greenacre and Brian Little was the manager. Obviously, you guys all know Brian Little. Um, he pulled me aside at the start and said, listen, we've got a lot of interest in you. Uh, at the time, it was only really Preston who were pushing it. But then late on in the, the window, Leicester came in. And Craig Levine used to be a hero of mine at heart because uh, my family's all hearts, season ticket holders and... Uh, I, I was born in Edinburgh, obviously, and I knew who he was. He was a captain of the club and a, a bit of a legend up there. And when he came in, and obviously you guys had just uh, sold uh, Connolly to Wigan, was it? And yeah, yeah. he just said, listen, he goes, okay, it's big shoes to fill because he's a natural goal scorer. He goes, but I think you've got a bit about you and you'll be a, a good addition to our, our, our squad, which was obviously changing so much. Um, obviously you guys are changing the wage bill and could drop them down from the Prem and I think there was only uh, Teatro Dubs and maybe was it uh, Jason Wilcox left from the Premier League squad really from the, the proper Premier League players so he was trying to really evolve the squad and it was it was a club in transition at the time and I think adding a young I say young I was bloody young back then wasn't I um, <laughs> young we all were. Himself, who we, but I was I was hungry, and he knew I was I was on the rise at the time, and brought me in. And I, I, I'd like to think I I did quite well over the three years. I think I could have done a bit more, but um, it was one of those. It was I didn't take much persuasion because Leicester had always been a club that had been in the Premier League, and having just opened the Walker Stadium a couple of seasons before, and. Uh, the training ground was decent and the players that were were still on the books and that they were adding was was a no-brainer for me at the time. I think, Ian, what, one of the reasons the fans uh, took to you so much at Leicester was because of your hunger. You, that came across clearly on the pitch. You were like a terrier out there. You always you sweated blood and tears. It appeared from the fans' point of view. Um, so I think that's that was one of the biggest reasons fans took to you at the time. I was a bit of an angry elf, wasn't I? <laughs> well, the thing is, I've, I've listen. I'm, I, I do score goals, but I'm not a natural goal scorer. I'm not a David Connolly. I'm not someone who's going to get you 20, 25 goals a season every season. But you know, I'm good for a good 10, 10 or fifteen a season, and you're going to get everything out of me. At the end of the day, I walk off the pitch and I'm, I'm dead to the world for a couple of days. But that's what was always a part, and always has been, and always would have been a part of my career. So, I've had the same affiliation and same relationship with fans at every club I've played at because of that. Not it's because what of fans, it's, what, 
Yeah, it's what fans love, Ian. That's that's the thing, isn't it, Chappers? Yeah, I, I've been trying to get the uh, the goal up that you you banged in against. I think it was Watford, wasn't it? When you got goal of the season in off in off the bar. Yeah, I've been was trying to find that. I cannot one? I cannot find it for my life on on uh, YouTube. I'm surprised. To be honest, it was YouTube trying, and trying to get a hold. I've been trying to get a hold. Uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not that bloody old. <laughs> no, I've been I've been trying to get a hold of somebody at the club and trying to get highlights of my my time there because there are some goals that I remember, yet I can't put a a video to it. Yeah, like I remember, I think it was I'd gone 19 games without a goal, and then we played Colchester away, and Matty Fry it laid me through, and I scored, and it was in the old yellow kit, and. I remember scoring that, but I'm, I'm I've still never seen a picture of it. Like 19 games without a goal. Yeah, I finally got that off my back and scored. And I think we won down there one nil or something like that. I think we scored early. It was a horrendous game. At was it, is it Layer Road, their old ground? And yeah, yeah, Colchester. It, it yeah, was, it was a hor- horrific game of football. But you got your goal. It was you got your goal. Was, well, that, no, well, that was it, and we got the win. And, it was when we were, I think it was the end of the, was it the end of the first season I joined and we were fighting relegation and Matty and me, uh, we just created quite a good little partnership at the time. and uh, Yeah, we had that game, we had Brighton away, we had sort of uh, South End away, things like that. And there, like I guess I remember the goals and I remember scoring them. I just can't seem to ever get a picture of them up or a video of them up. So... <laughs> I guess, yeah, show them my bloody age there yeah, because there wasn't as much <laughs> social media about and people saying no. everything. Everything right. was on VHS then, weren't it? On a videotape at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd just come out with DVDs then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> question for you from one of the fans. Uh, Harry Chetwind has asked, what was Matty Fryer like to partner with? I can imagine it was uh, good fun with Matty Fryer. It was, it was brilliant and... Yeah, I remember the day he signed when we signed him from Walsall. He was on fire there. I think before Christmas he'd scored fourteen goals or something. And you had me, Elvis Hammond, Mark De Vries, and Dion Dublin. Um, Craig was like bringing in another a new fresh face, and I remember him showing up the first day he signed in horrific gear. Came in in a, I think he came in in a pink, a pink shirt, a pink shirt with a white tie or something like that. Like the lads were all hammering him. And um, it was it was just as soon as he came broke into the team and we actually had a bit of stability and stopped changing. Like he was changing the strikers every week. And it was uh, like I'd play left wing one week up front the next week. Then it would be Elvis up front and Mark up front. And it was, it was constant changing. And as soon as, unfortunately, as soon as Craig uh, left, I think it was February Craig left, end of February, early March. And me and Matty started playing it. I think it, I'm not saying we were better than the rest, but the fact that we we had a stable squad and a stable front two, we were able, able to build on that. And I think in the last something like 10 games or something, I think we scored six or seven goals each. And we really worked off each other because we knew if we, like, listen, Matty's an outright goal scorer. Always was. Yeah. He... People would question his build-up play at times, but you knew if you got him half a chance inside the 18-yard box, he was hitting the target. And uh, I think that was a perfect foil for me because I love doing the 
the dirty work. I love doing the challenging center ass for headers and 50-50s. And Matty, although he'll do it, he he thrived off working off the shoulder and uh, getting into those positions to score goals. And I think that that was where we thrived. And at the end of that season, it was I think that was a big part of why we we pushed on. Um, can you talk yeah, so, to Luke? Oh, go on. Uh, can you talk to us about a bit a bit Andy King because obviously he was there um, on that final season that you before you left, and and obviously he's technically still part of the lesser team, but out on loan, I believe still. Um, what what made what made him so special from being a League One winner, Championship winner, and, and to a Premier League winner? It's madness, to be honest. You think about it, and you think about all the young kids who were coming through the academy at the time, and Steve Eagle and John Rudkin were we're just turning these players out year in, year out. And Kingy came in and he was in the squad the, the, the last season I was there, towards <clears> the second half of that season. But he was always a number six, so he'd always sit in front of the back four and get the ball and, and bop it round. I think the next season when the, the club dropped into League One, I think that's where he thrived because he had a Richie Wellens beside him. He had somebody mm-hmm. who was going to sit and do that and it allowed Kingy to get forward. And you'd have never thought it back then that King was going to turn into a goal scorer. But he was constantly League One. Him and Matty Fry were on flames. Like, it was insane watching you guys. And um, to see him, like, it couldn't happen to a nicer lad. To see how much he's progressed and what he's achieved. Because even he'd tell you then, he'd never dreamt of reaching the height he has. Mm. And for him to do it and to continue doing it right now and obviously playing for Wales and playing in the Euros and all that, it's all that he deserved because he, he was a hard worker, but he was really quiet back then. And he was a completely different type of player and he's developed into something special. And I'm sure he'll he'll forever be in Leicester, <laughs> Leicester folklore. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, a legend, definitely. that's for certain. He to Jamie, the city. There's, yeah, there's a question from Luke Brady. Um, was staying at Leicester in, to play in League One an option or did the club have to sell you because of, because we went down? Um, it's it's a bit of a weird situation because I don't know if you've looked back at a couple of podcasts I've done over the last couple of months. I've been asked the same question, and we had a we had a big meeting the last season with Ollie, and it was deadline day, and we all had this meeting. Everybody sat down in the gym at the training ground, and he just said, "Listen, is everybody in for the fight? Are we are we sticking together or?" or some of you guys have other agendas and every single player to the man put their hand up said I'm here we're sticking we're, nobody's going anywhere so he goes brilliant end of meeting see you tomorrow walks out I drive back up to Loughborough where we lived and uh, get there and as soon as I get in the house I tell my wife listen nothing's happening we're staying literally finished the, the sentence to my wife and my phone rings and it's uh, Andy Neville Andrew Neville the secretary and he's like, you know what's happening? I said, I haven't got a clue. Why? What's going on? He goes, no, surely you know. I said, no, I don't have a clue what's going on. We've just had a meeting with Ollie. And he goes, oh, well, the, the owners accepted a bid for you. And that was out the blue. And I'm like, well, nobody's told me or my agent. I said, and I'm, I'm here for the end of the season. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. <clears throat> so he hangs up I, I call Ollie said what the hell is going on here and I told Ollie and Ollie goes I'll call you back calls me back five minutes later he goes listen hear me he goes I don't know what's happening he goes but the owner just seems to not give a shit 
Mm. He goes, if you want to go, you go. Wow. So I just said, listen, I said, listen, I'm not, I'm not going any. And like there was 400 grand that they'd accepted. So I'm like, no, I'm not. Listen, I told you already, I'm not going. Everyone's told you we're not going. We're going to stay and fight. So roll on the end of the season. And uh, there was some sort of discrepancy in my contract. And I got called in at the end of the season. And they're like, listen, you, you understand your, your clause and your contract. And I literally I had my contract on me because they, they'd said, bring it in. So I'd gone in. They're like, oh, well, your, your wage is cut in half. Huh. And I wasn't yeah, no. on massive money. Like it wasn't, I said, well, we'd literally just signed into our mortgage and all that for another three years. And we, we bumped up the money. What we're like, listen, I can't afford that. I said, I'm, I genuinely need to stay on my, the contract that I'm on. I'm like, oh, well, it says here in the contract and their contract that they had, had my signature saying that, yeah, I accept it. The contract that I have on file didn't have that. Uh. So it was a it was a tough situation because I I loved every every minute I was there and the the three years apart from obviously Stoke away that last game I think uh, I, I I showed that I loved it and I, I was enjoying my football and everything. Yeah, I mean you finished on point. yeah yeah you finished individually on a high because you finished the the top goal scorer didn't you for the club, but obviously ultimately we got relegated yeah. to League One. Well, yeah, well, well that's the thing it's a team thing isn't it and obviously. Yeah. Regardless, if I'd scored twenty goals and we still went down, it wouldn't have made any difference. I know that, but um, I I I thought I'd done enough, and I speaking to other players who were who ultimately ended up going as well. They'd been offered to stay on the contracts mm. without cutting the Strange. wages. You know, like one of them told me face to face, he's like, "Listen, yeah, they called me and asked him." Wow. And I said, "Well, I spoke to the club and said, listen, I understand you've done that with another player." If you could do that with me, I'd be over the moon and I'd be more than happy. I still have two years left on my deal because I'd wow. re-signed at the, the end of the season before. And um, they're like, no, well, we haven't offered anybody that. Kind of like, well, either you're lying to me or they're lying to me. And they had no reason that the, the player had no reason to lie to me because he's a good friend. Yeah, I mean, you're still and, uh, a young lad so, there as well. Really, you're still a young lad. Why why would they do that? If you're the top goal scorer, that's weird. Yeah, I'd, I didn't understand it, but at the end of the day, you had Matty still there. You had Stevie Howard still there. Yeah. Did Bar- did Barry Hill stay the next season as well? Did I can't remember. Yeah. Yes. Ba- Barry Hales, yes. He didn't have a lot to do in that League One, but he did stay, yes. But that see, that was it. And obviously, Ollie wasn't sure whether he was staying or going, and he hadn't quite decided then. And then it ended up being just a matter of, well, listen, I've, I've got to go. Like, if, if you can get whatever. And they ended up, in fairness, after accepting, it, it was a bit of a mad one. After accepting four hundred grand in in the January, yeah. ended up getting one point two after getting relegated was a bit of good business by them in a way. <laughs> Ian, how was it under Ian Holloway? Because he's obviously a joker in the pack. How was he as a boss? He, you got to see the real he was, Ollie. He was his banter was brilliant. He, <laughs> he no, like seriously, and his his training was decent as well, and. I just like to see the success he went on to from there, going to Blackpool and obviously the unthinkable getting Blackpool to the Premier League. It showed how good a coach he could be, and he was doing it with Plymouth before he joined Leicester. Yeah, I just think he was given far too much at one at one point. Like it was a big jump. Leicester was a massive club at the time with a massive budget, mm. but then he gets told to spend half of that budget clearing X. 
So he ended up having to get rid of players who were brought in the year before or the summer before. And yeah, I think he ended up spending a couple million paying up contracts in the January. So bringing in Matty Oakley and Stevie Howard was, was a, a great move in my eyes because they were ultimate pros. Yeah. But then the rest of the money that he had, he had to spend getting rid of players that he didn't need or want. And it was a, it was a big ask for him. And I think he, if he'd possibly had it from the start of the season, I think it could have been different. But again, it's, it's easy to say that now and you look back and even then the players we had on our books, we should never have been in that situation. And I think that's still one of the, the biggest downsides of my career and my involvement was with the relegation. Mm. Yeah, go on, Phil. Well, I was going to say, uh, it, obviously, Leicester fans look back on it. At the day, I was there at Stoke away in the rain. It was a bloody awful game. Um, it, it felt like it felt like on that day, even on that day, I thought we were going to escape, to be fair. Because like you say, it, all the way through, especially the running, it was just we had the Sheffield Wednesday game, I think, the game before at home. Massive crowd that day. And it just yep. just didn't ha- happen in. And I, the fans couldn't really fathom it out. It, it probably had to happen in the end. Yeah, it was... Hey, listen, you guys look at the history now and we went down for the club to regroup. And yeah, club, And it's it, it's horrible it, on a personal standpoint for me being involved in that. But in the long term, it, it has ended up being the best thing because it got rid of a lot of... got a lot of money through the door for the club, through sales, mm. through Steers, myself, uh, yeah. Gaz McCauley, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But... It was still horrible. Like that Stoke game was a bad game, it, but we still deserve to beat them. Yeah. Yes, and we should have won. Make it even worse. Yeah, yeah. I think I it was Carlo, Na- Carlo st- Nash's save right in front of you guys off me. Yes, yeah. it got him another year at the club. <laughs> it did, and, and I think it was Richard Stearman had a header, like, like with a yeah. few minutes to go at the corner. I, we, it was just like, it, oh. Yes, that, anyway, that, let's move on. That, yeah, that moment, though, I think, yeah. p- apart from the Vishai tragedy that happened only two years ago, I think that was, at the point, the lowest point of Leicester City's history. Um, and obviously, that's been overtaken by what happened to Vishai himself. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, let's just talk about where you moved to. Obviously, you went to Barnsley, and uh, you, you got a goal, didn't you, within five minutes of playing, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, my, my debut at... QPR, I think it was 11 minutes or something like that. I scored, and it was a uh, it was a great start to it. And then, yeah, uh, coincided with getting sent off in my home debut. So it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of a <laughs> anticlimax. Within a week, I was going down there. Okay, we got beat by QPR, but a great way for me personally to start off and score a goal. And then it ends up coming back home. And after I think it was an hour, I got sent off. So it was a uh, it was a turbulent time at Barnsley, and did they I look after regret... you after the injury? Yeah, did... hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. a lot of fans here want to ask you about one that Yeah, as well. I, 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 know... I didn't. I didn't want to bring it up, but at the same time, a lot yeah, of fans I, have asked I, that. So, thing is, it it is what it is, and I've always looked at it the same way: as a player breaks his leg, a player does his ACL, whatever. It's an unfortunate event that's happened in somebody's career, and for mine, it just happened to be my skull. Like it was. It was a tough one to take at the time, but I had the right people around me and uh, the physio, the medical side, apart from the club doctor at Barnsley, were all brilliant with me. Um, and they, they got me back to health as soon as possible. I was, I was back running 
or jogging with them just after Christmas. So just over a month after it happened, I was back jogging wow. and I was back over training with the club and the physio one to one. I think it was mid February, give or take. Mm. And then full training, I was back. Uh, I think middle of March. So it was, it was then just red tape to get through, and that was that was the biggest ball. Like was getting through the red tape. <laughs> Was it an elbow or clash of heads? I can't remember. It was an elbow, mate. It was an elbow, mate. It was uh, yeah. just, just if it was on the uh, elbow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, I remember, yeah. It was nasty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... It was. Listen, he meant to hit me. He didn't mean to do it. Oh, blimey. To the extent he did. Um, but he's meant to leave a mark, and obviously he's left a mark. Jeez. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but it's it's one of those. It's It's happened. It's what... 12 years now coming up 12 years so mm. it's uh it's part of history it's a part of my my story through my career and just move on with it and unfortunately a lot of a lot of people to this day still ask the same question um is your head okay and i i do think it had had a detriment, detrimental effect on my career but yeah again it's uh one of those things it's it's part of the story you can tell that the leicester fans are concerned though over it even to this day because you could just see the comments uh and and stuff yeah. so you know it's but it's the, amount, the amount of the amount of letters and uh emails and all that that got sent into the club by leicester fans and not uh, in fairness all the clubs i've been at but not just that the whole football community yeah yeah the amount of, like i got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and letters and i think there was a couple um, like file the you know the big uh, papers the bloody classroom papers the big huge ones yeah. uh, <laughs> loads of them signed by loads of them signed by Preston fans and uh, Leicester fans and they were all sent into the club by by mail and to be honest they got brought up to me in the hospital and I was only in the hospital for a week but the the amount of affection shown by the football community was brilliant and obviously my former clubs a little bit more so than others. Yeah. Ian, you also, um, you know, part of your career as a player was very much the fact you made, I think, for over 40 appearances for Canada. Now, we can we can hear, there's a Canadian twang in your voice, but you said your 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 folks are from, like, uh, <laughs> what do you say, heart supporters? Yeah, like, so, uh, my family's all from Edinburgh, um, but I grew up in Canada, so I spent, what, 14 years in Canada. Um but obviously, I've been over in the UK now, coming up, what, 21 years in September. So, it's I'm a mongrel. My accent is well and truly. <laughs> it, it has, uh, depending on who I'm talking to and how many alcoholic beverages are down there, it, it changes. What was one of the, some of the highlights for playing for the Canadian international team, though? I'm just pulling on the jersey, to be honest. It's it's always been the same. And under twenties, I played in two World Cups, and uh, so I played in Argentina. Got to play against the likes of Adriano Kaká. Wow. Went to went to UAE in two thousand three, um, and played against Iniesta, Dani Alves. Uh, Whoa. These like players who like Iniesta. I think we, well, we lost in the quarterfinals to Spain, and both of us are on the score sheet, and that's something that I've got. Yeah. It's a photo I've got saved. This was before he broke into the Barca squad. It was human Iniesta on the yeah. same score sheet. That's, mad. that's something. Who knew he was going to end up being probably yeah, top five midfielders yeah. to oh, play the game all day long. Ben, just so, if you put this question, oh sorry, no, go go on, Jamie. Go 
Oh God, I was going to Ben's put a question up a couple of times now about you. You played under, I think, about three or four managers at Leicester. Was there any particular one you got on better with? Then, you, so you had, did you have a favourite and did you have a least favourite manager while you were just three or four? How many was it? How many was it? Oh well, well, we had Craig Levine, Rob Kelly, um, Nigel Worthington, uh, Martin Allen, Gary Megson. Oh yeah, Jesus! I can't even forgot about that. That's six. The best, the best one, the best one for me was Rob Kelly. I, I got on really well with Rob, and he he had a trust in myself and Matty, and that was I think one of the things that allowed both of us to excel. Was he trusted us? We had a bad game. We were still playing the next game. We'd get a goal and warrant our, our choice in the side. Mm. Um, I think on the same note. Nigel Worthington coming in, I think it was brilliant. Um, he was hard, like his training was solid, and it was a f- very physical training. But I think he was my type of manager, to be honest. He he worked us to the bone, and I think we had a really good run under him. Like what was he only involved for what ten matches or something, and he just had to keep us up when Rob Kelly got the sack. Um, and then he, I think he went on to take over Northern Ireland, didn't he? Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, those two managers. I think Rob Rob stands out because obviously I spent more time with him, um, but and he was there from day one. So he was assistant coach to Craig Levine. So he had me from the day Craig brought me through the door, and we worked a lot because I was in and out the 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 side all the time because we had those players in and around like Mark yeah. Reese, all that. They were all playing. Elvis was playing, so we were constantly in and out. But I worked a lot with Rob on the side. And then he took over and me and Matty flourished. Should we um, ask you about Martin Allen, Mad Dog Martin Allen? Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, go on. He, he, honestly, he's a top, top man. Like, yes. Yeah. We've had him on, we, we know. We chatted with him the other week. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was great fun. He's bonkers. He is, and he's, but he is absolutely bonkers. But he wasn't the mad dog that... He wasn't the mad dog that everyone told us about before he came in. So what you'd heard about him when he was at MK Dons and that, he comes into us and it was a little bit different. He still tried to have the same effect, but it, it wasn't as harsh as the stories you've heard, if you know what I mean. And um, I also think there was a bit too much in his ear from agents and whatnot, bringing in players that had been brought in. And coincidentally, those players ended up getting shipped out in January. So... We had, I think we had five or six players brought in and they were decent guys, but never played a game for the club. Ian, he were t- on big money. Ian, he, Matt, Matt, Martin Allen told us he, the reason Leicester won the Premier League is because of him, because he planted, <laughs> he, he got the groundsman, he got the groundsman at Beaver Drive training ground to plant flowers <laughs> and hanging baskets. That's and true. that was the start of yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll give it to him. <laughs> when we used to go into training, when I first joined, listen, I, I bowled up in a, a Vauxhall Astra when I signed, <laughs> and there was Range Rovers and Bentleys and so on and so forth there. And it was it was a bit dour to look at. You walked in and it was it was a bit grey. It was just kind of, and it was bloody wet there all the time as well <laughs> when I joined. <laughs> but then, but when, in fairness, when Martin took over, he's like, oh, this isn't enough. This is, he comes in, he gets his purple 
purple and yellow and blues and all that put in the flowers and the, the fox put in the side of the field and and then he had a big team barbecue so we had what, 30 40 players all their wives and kids and all that bounty castles barbecues and he had it he had it feeling inviting it, it, yeah. it, it did change the way it was set up and it did it did help us like we we celebrate we scored a goal and it was it was mandatory Every player, bar the goalkeeper, had to celebrate. Yeah, and that was pre-season. That was when the season started. Like, if you do see that Watford goal that I scored, you watch the celebrations. Every single player was up celebrating. Yeah, and that was how that we had mind. it. And team spirit. He did he, well? He did breed a team spirit there, and I just think there was a lot of players. Like I said, no disrespect to them that came in that weren't quite at the level that we needed. Yeah, to better ourselves, and like I said, coincidentally, ended up getting paid up in the January. Yeah, Lee, have you got um, a final question for us? Yeah, there's just a couple from the the fans, and uh, and I think we'll wrap it up. Um, Andy Medhurst has asked you, uh, what are you actually up to these days? Well, at the minute, uh, just over a year ago, I finished playing in India. That was, that was my fifth season out there. Um, I came back with the hope of signing over here somewhere hopefully finishing my career off over here um and i just seem to be a bit too old and a bit too bit too much of what people wanted or what they didn't want coincidentally um so i've been waiting hoping for a club over the last season and nothing ever happened and now all this has kicked in and Mm. it looks like it's uh unofficially the the end of it for me and well Near enough official, but unofficially retired at the minute, and I think it's uh, moving on to coaching. I've I've, yeah. start, I've done my up to my UEFA B license. I um, hoping to hoping to look and get on my A license after I've got a bit of experience under my belt, and then just see where that takes me because I I don't think I'll ever be out of the game. It's it's drilled into me from from a very young age, at, and it's. It's something I'm kind of a football geek, so yeah, it's, uh, it's something I'm gonna <laughs> have to stay. I'm gonna have to stay involved in. Fantastic, Chappers, One more, yeah. yeah um, the current Leicester side. What's your what's your uh, what's your take on how good they are and how far can we actually go as a team, as a club? Can you go further than what you've already done? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, Champions again, League winners. Again, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm a Liverpool fan. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so this season, if it went on, no, you're not going any further. <laughs> uh, no, but listen, you what the clubs achieved was far beyond any expectations. And to get in the Champions League and this year, the way they performed, again, Brendan Rodgers come in. He's it's a different style of play again to what was there. Um, and it's you think you lost. You guys win the league with Drinkwater and Kante. You get rid of them. You have Ndidi through now and James Madison. And yeah, it's it's promising. And you think he's only going to get back. He's going to bring in his own players now. Hopefully, they're the the quality that's going to help the club push on again. It's a massive ask to try and push on and compete with the clubs that they're doing. I, okay, Leicester won the league a couple of years ago, but. You look at the clubs and the finances that they're trying to compete with, and mm. in real being realistic, 
possibly overachieving again. But it's it's brilliant to watch. It's great football to watch. And James Vardy just doesn't get he's not getting any older, is he? Like the guy just he's like bloody Pete. He's he is, he's like Peter Pan. The guy the guy just keeps he just keeps He's the, yeah, he, he's he is the Benjamin Button of football, isn't he? <laughs> but it's it's it, but it's 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 madness. Like you, how is this guy not playing more for England? I know he's retired. Uh, um, we'll but, go, we won't go there. But like, he's producing it week in week out. And it's. I bet you'd love to play alongside just, him, wouldn't you? Oh, that would have been horrible to play against, wouldn't it? <laughs> like you, you, you think you think about that? Me when I was at the club and himself the way yeah. he played when he joined the club I don't think center abs would have been <laughs> yeah. able to sit down for a week it would have been a great pair <laughs> I could say no it would it would have been see he's the type of see we should have had we should have signed you guys shouldn't have signed him we should have signed him at Preston we got offered him for for pennies he's yeah. only three years um, younger than you mate he's only three years younger than you it's mad. Well, it's mad it. like like we we got <clears throat> we got offered him at Preston, when, was he at Halifax at the time? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. Like, we, we, we got offered him for, for proper pennies. And the the owner at the time, or the chairman at the time at Preston, was like, oh, we're not going to take any more risks on non-league players. He ended up going to Fleetwood. Yeah, didn't you go to Fleetwood? Football. Didn't you go to Fleetwood I, for um, a game? Yeah, that was... A, that was a, I, I went there for... I went there on loan when Graham Alexander was in charge. And uh, they were pushing for playoffs. And he brought me in there to help help produce somehow. And they scored one goal in in what nine games, seven games, or something like that. But we ended up getting promoted through through Wembley through the playoff final. And it was a uh, listen with Jamie Vardy. The guy's he's exactly what the football pyramid is. About. Yes, he he is that Cinderella story, and the fact that he keeps doing what he's doing and keeps doing it year in, year out and turned down the opportunity to leave the club and he could have gone to Arsenal. That was well publicised and all that. But stays on at Leicester after winning the league and hey, the guy's been an absolute phenomenon at the club and I think not just the club at in English football, he's he's what young players should be looking at and, and dreaming about doing. Ian, before we let you go, because um, we know you've got to move on, just one final question, which is obviously the current league. Will it start again? Won't it start again? You're obviously you've admitted you're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> most, most. Yeah. So, uh, and let's remind you that Liverpool have never won the Premier League. But um, <laughs> what? In all fairness, obviously safety first, Ian. What? How would you finish off this season? What's? What do you think is going to happen, or what should happen? I, uh, safety first is 100%, but I don't see the rush. And I'll be honest with you. I don't see the rush. Like, why Yeah. Why are they pushing to, oh, we need to have it done next month? No, you don't. Like, you just need to push back next season for a month. Like, the only the only stumbling block is players' contracts. But yes. Realistically, you've, you've got players on 100 grand a week, 200 grand a week, and they've been getting that money for nothing for the last two months. Is there any reason why they can't extend that for a month and maybe finish just finish off the season? And the behind closed doors, I know it's hard, but the only teams that seem to be arguing it are the teams that are fighting relegation. Yes, and we all know why. Oh, 100%. Because, yeah. oh, 
let's null and void the season. Null and void this. How can you null and void the season? How can Premier League clubs, or not just Premier League clubs, how can football clubs null and void a season when they've spent the lower they are, hundreds of thousands, and higher and higher it goes to hundreds yeah. of millions? How can you warrant spending hundreds of millions for nothing? Who who makes the Champions League? The only team that's qualified is Liverpool. Yeah, exactly, and that's what Leicester so, fans are, would be interested in. Yeah, like just play it behind closed doors. And what's the problem with playing two games a week? If the Champions League's finished and the Europa League's going to be finished, they're going to cancel them almost certainly. But the leagues, like Germany, starting up this week. Spain's planning to start up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think just, Italy's announced as well that they are yeah, on well, 16th, exactly. is it? 13th of yeah, June. Well, yeah. Mm. Well, they they go like what's what's the problem with playing behind closed doors? Just play at a neutral venue and go play at Wembley. There's hotels around Wembley. You get the teams in there. You get the teams quarantined for a couple of weeks in there. Do it that way and get the season done in a month. Yeah, I think I think you're speaking like like most fans in are thinking exactly the same. But there is like no I rush. I just, yeah. No, well, and the the thing is with the Prem, like they've cancelled the French league. PSG were winning the league by twenty two points or something like that, and I think they conceded eighteen goals all season. They were never going to lose it, so they got the trophy. They cancelled the Dutch league. They had nine games to go. The teams were joined. Fine, the Premier League. The investment from the world in the Premier League, the Spanish League, the German and Italian leagues, the investment from China, US, South America, all that, is got to be borderline billions. There's no way, I think, physically feasible that they can cancel the leagues and, and not have massive, massive repercussions. I think you're right, Ian. And, and we're going to leave it there. Ian, I, kn- I know you're a fan of your big hume, as Leicester mm. fans do. Can I was just you, about to ask that. Can we, can we get you to do one? Well, hey, I remember what? the first game I, I heard that when I Chef Wed at home was my first game. And I hit the post and my parents were there and, well, and my wife and her family. And that the first time they used it and they were asking, why the hell are they booing him already? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like what, what, what's he done wrong? But no, it's uh, like we said before, um, I, I, I could kind of uh, avoid it when I was when I was playing because if I had a shiter, I just thought they were giving my name <laughs> a little, a, a little shout. But it was, uh, it was one of those. It was, it was. I, I loved it at the time because I knew it was, I knew it was majority of the time. Apart from when we got beat, it was about me doing something well. So yeah. Right, I think we'd uh, all do it together. We'll all do it, all do it together. Yeah. Right, thanks for coming on anyway, Ian. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us and stuff. It's been a pleasure. No, a pleasure. It's, it's one of the first things I've done for the Foxes since I left the club. I've not been contacted for many things, so it's uh, it's, an, it's an absolute pleasure. The fans still That's love it. you, mate. You ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Thank you. All right, Cheers. Guys. Thanks very much for having Cheers. me. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Ian. All take right. care. All right, take care. Thanks, Ian. Brilliant. brilliant. I'm going brilliant. to let you go. Well, that what was brilliant show. to have what Ian here. Some great views as well on Listen. football then, football now. Listen, Absolutely I'm, fantastic. I'm, I've been messaging Lee Philpot. 
So we're going to try and get Has he him answered? To, I'm going to try and get him on. Fantastic. He's just, he's just followed me back and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he, yeah, I like, Has he finally got... I've messaged him loads of times. He hasn't answered me at all, so hopefully, chappy. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. Listen, lads, let's wrap this up. Thanks, Jamie. Been photo uh, bombed by the missus now. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> thanks, Karen. See you later. See you soon. <laughs> Cheers. See thanks, everyone. Chappers. Take, take care, everyone. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're nearly at 5,000 now. Uh, follow us at Leicester Fan TV on all social platforms. I'll see you all soon. Thanks, Chappers, for doing that thanks in particular to ian hume thanks everybody for watching don't forget uh, go and follow us like chapel says follow these businesses as well because they help us out uh, we'll see you soon thanks for watching The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.